hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of The Grumpy Bunny. I am so glad that you are here. Um, thank you very much to everyone who decided to, uh, who watched episode one. I am unbelievably, really unbelievably grateful that you uh, watched that and that you came back to watch episode two. So, um, you know, this week uh, we're going to do a couple of different things. We're going to make quick pickled veg uh, vegetables and then we're going to make cookies with my dog, Elbow, who's right over here. But before I get into that, I would like to seriously thank John, who's the guy that runs all of my things behind the scenes. Without him, I definitely wouldn't be able to broadcast on um, any level, much less get uh, my show out there. I also really want to thank iLogic Media Network. They are kind enough to allow me to produce my show. And I couldn't do, well, obviously do this show without them. And then a third and huge thank you to all of you who decided to watch last week and watch this week. And are going to watch all my future uh, weeks. And to this one right here this is elbow macaroni elbow say hi ready elbow speak 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 woof okay so for all of you who are listening to the episode he did woof just to say hi to you on that he's going to be with me a little bit later we're going to make uh we're, when we make those dog inspired cookies that are going to be completely and wonderfully dog friendly so we've got a lot to get over uh to go over with today so let's get started first quick pickling you may ask yourself exactly why in the world would i want to quick pickle and let me tell you because one it's way cool two you look cool three your friends will think you're cool four you can make some really neat things we're doing a quick pickled uh carrots and red pepper that i use in a charcuterie board sometimes i'll actually take the carrots and the red pepper later on shave that down use that in a nice spring salad we're going to be doing these rosemary radishes that i Blue cheese over the top and some um, feta over that. Oh, God, it's so good. Radishes over the top. I had a little sidetracked. I apologize. Uh, the rosemary radish is right on top of the steak. Are really great. They give a nice acidic contrast. And then we're also going to be doing basically your garlic and dill pickles, which are amazing with hamburgers and with hot dogs, especially for that summer barbecue. And then my absolute snacking favorite, we're going to be working with uh, quick pickled asparagus, which I kind of just eat. And then later on, I'm going to show you also with that, we're going to do some watermelon. Uh, you may think to yourself, why on earth would I ever, ever want to use a quick pickled watermelon? I'm going to quickly show you. Okay. So you want to do something fun, a little different with a salad. I'm going to try to move quick because I have a thing, but I just kind of wanted to show you the versatility of things that you can do with this quick pickle salad. Just a simple spring mix. I'm gonna take some feta right here. I'm gonna check on some these wonderful watermelon. I'm gonna even use the juice from the rest of the pickling right over the top. And oh, 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 I know. It is live, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna take these crushed walnuts, put that right over the top. And look at that. Isn't that great? I mean, and simple and easy. So that. That right there is why you want to quick pickle your own beverages, okay? So the difference between quick pickling and canning as my dog eats everything on the floor, uh, the difference between quick pickling and canning is the fact that quick pickling is a refrigerated method of preservation of food. 
they do not last nearly as long as uh, canned or uh, canned, which is also pickling, but let's just call that canned uh, canning your vegetables. They also have to stay refrigerated even before you open them. And they typically only last about two weeks to a month, depending on the type of vegetable and stuff like that, that you decide to use. That being said, I really like to make my canning because I do can a lot in like these half pint jars or single pint jars that you can find at the store that are really cheap. One, because I can make smaller portion sizes of things. I'm not necessarily buying, you know, having to make a huge quart piece. Um, and it's simple because I'm like, I'm going to show you here. We're going to use one method, but yet we're going to can four different things. Um, you can use any kind of plastic container, like a Tupperware or other branded container that you might like. You do want to make sure that that's, that has a really good seal, an airtight seal, one that you can actually flip it around to kind of shake the seasoning up is best, which is why I recommend using jars or something like this. But like I said, you can use any container provided that the container has a lid and is sealable, allowing for everything to cure. Okay, so we know why we want a quick pickle. We know what we're gonna do with these quick pickles and we know how we're gonna quick pickle. So let's quick pickle. So we're gonna start first with your brine. That's gonna be one cup of water to one and one third to one and one quarter of an either apple cider vinegar or a, um, a white vinegar. I really like a white uh, apple cider vinegar, especially for the vegetables that I'm quick pickling today because they provide a really neat and different contrast and flavor to certain things. Give me just a second while I make sure I don't have anything that's gonna catch on fire here. Um, a white vinegar is really great if you're gonna do some, um, some summer vegetables, like especially if you're pickling a squash or uh, something else is really great too. So I've got that one cup of water, one and a third cup of the uh, apple cider vinegar. I'm gonna take just a little bit of salt in here, two tablespoons about. One, two. I'm gonna bring that up over uh, high heat. I'm gonna give that a stir. You'll notice that I'm using an enameled pot to make this in. I think an enameled pot or a stainless steel pot that has um, no kind of coating or anything on it works best. Sometimes using some uh, nonstick lined pots can give your finished vegetables kind of a weird tinny flavor. Simple enamel pot or even just like I said, your basic stainless steel pot is the way to go. So I'm going to let that kind of come to a boil right here for a second. And while we're doing that, we're going to move up here and we're going to start first with our garlic and dill pickles. Super easy. I'm going to fill each of my jars ahead of time. So we're going to start with that one and a half garlic. I'm actually just going to leave this whole. I'm using a half giant part uh, pint jar container for this one. So in that regard, I'm probably only going to use half of that. Let me get my feta out of here. It's really good though. Okay. And then I'm going to use some dill seed. You can't go wrong with the with dill seed, honestly. Some dried herbs that I and seasonings that I highly suggest that you have always in your cupboard. Something like uh, celery seed, whole cloves, a yellow mustard seed, some thyme, rosemary, coriander, and whole peppercorns are really all you need. And you can just that alone, especially using different vegetables, provides really different flavors. It's great. So I've got my garlic in here. I put my dill seed in here. I'm going to use a couple whole peppercorns. I'm going to keep these peppercorns whole. I'm not going to crush them. I don't necessarily want to release all that flavor at once and make a really super peppery. Um, if you do, you can kind of lightly smash them a little. Don't pound them into a powder, though. Keep them kind of rough 
and that's if you want kind of want like more of a real superbly peppery flavor in your vegetables. All right, Mirazai. So that, and then I'm gonna put uh, uh, some fresh herbs in there as well. And I'm gonna put that in there. And I'm gonna set this to the side. Actually, no, before I set that to the side, I'm gonna take my cucumbers here. And I'm gonna fill them here. I'm kind of shaking them. I wanna to try to make sure one, that I'm packing these tight. I don't want to pack them so tight that I'm bruising the vegetable inside, but I definitely wanna make sure that there's as little air pocket as possible. And honestly, I'm just gonna set it to the side for right now. Now we're gonna move again on to my rosemary radish. Again, I'm just using a simple one half pint container. The great thing about quick pickling is you can make as little or as much of the of the stuff as you would like. Um, you know, if you only wanna quick pickle a couple different things, you can, you know, it's, it's great. Half pint containers, like I said, way that I go, you could use anything. So back to that. So the rosemary radish, again, I'm going to take uh, some dried rosemary. You can use fresh rosemary if you'd like. I really kind of like the flavor that the dried rosemary gives. Um, if you do use fresh herbs or, or um, seasonings into your stuff, that's fine. Just remember that fresh herbs actually carry a little less potency and are a little less strong than dried herbs. So if you're using, let's say, your you know, a favorite recipe that you found and it calls for the dried uh, portion of that, I would almost double it up uh, if you're going to use fresh. That being said, if you see a recipe that calls for fresh uh like a fresh rosemary, for example, and says one tablespoon of fresh res rosemary, I would instead use something like one teaspoon. So substitute tablespoon for teaspoon if you're moving from fresh to dry, and substitute uh, tablespoon for teaspoon if you're moving from dry to fresh. Correct? Got it? Great. So I've got the dried rosemary uh, in there. I'm again going to take just a pinch of the celery seed right here. Some peppercorns. You know, you can also use any type of peppercorns. Peppercorns come in black, they come in pink, then they come in white, they come in other colors too, but let's talk about those three. A black peppercorn gives you that classic peppery kind of bite flavor to it. I think white peppercorns are a little bit spicier, but they have a, a milder flavor to that. Um, and so... Uh, and your pink peppercorns have almost a sweet kind of peppery flavor. So keep that in mind when you're pickling your vegetables. You may want to use a black pepper for those garlic and dill pickles, but if you're looking for a little more of a subtle pepper flavor, maybe use those pink peppercorns for the asparagus that we're going to make in a little bit. So I've got those in there, the pinch of peppercorn. A little bit of heat is for my red pepper, which I apparently didn't have out. I'm just going to add a pinch of that in there too. I'm going to turn this off for a moment. It has come to a boil and everything has come and everything has dissolved. There's no sediment of sugar when there's no sediment of salt. Oh, I meant to tell you. So with this too, I asked in there, you can always put a tablespoon of sugar uh, into the brine mix in case you want to add a little bit more balance. But if you're trying to watch your sugar or you don't want to use sugar at all, you don't have to. Same thing later on when we make this watermelon, I'll tell you another secret. So I've got everything here that I want in there. I'm going to take my radishes, which I've had. You can also, if you want, cut them into quarters. Again, it doesn't really matter. The biggest thing is just making sure that what I'm putting in here is in there well. Again, I'm not, well, that was a little violent, my apologies. So I just wanna make sure that I have room for that lid and I'll set that to the side. So now I'm moving back on and I'm gonna move real quick because I got a bunch of stuff that we're gonna cover. I'm gonna move to the uh, carrot and radish, which are the carrot and the red pepper. Personally, my favorite. So I'm gonna take that celery seed right here, then some coriander, about 10 to 12 seeds. This stuff right here has this wonderful kind of 
almost, um, I don't know, kind of like a lemony flavor to it. I'll take it within my fingers and kind of just smash it up a little bit to release a little bit of the flavor. And then I'm gonna go ahead and add that in there too. Some peppercorns. And then I'm gonna put a half a clove of garlic in and this is the best part. Oh my gosh, this looks so pretty. I'm gonna stack the carrot. Should probably bring this to the camera, huh? I'm gonna stack this carrot, kind of mixing it in here. Like so. Again, depending on how tall your jars are is kind of gonna limit like how much or uh, the, the height of your stuff. Um, bringing this in here like so. I obviously have cut too many vegetables for what this is here. Bringing that in there like that. It has such a wonderful color to it, especially after we add that brining liquid. So same thing with the asparagus. I'm gonna go ahead and do the minced garlic, some crushed red pepper, fennel seed, some mustard seed, and some peppercorn. And then I would put that into the jar container. So I'm skipping ahead a little bit because I'm running a little short on time. The first thing I'm gonna do is double check to make sure that my brining liquid here is hot. For safety purposes, I always recommend that before you put any brining liquid into these jars, because it is hot, use a ladle. Do not directly pour this hot boiling liquid all over your kitchen, your hand, your foot, or anything. Take your jars to the spot where you're going to be filling these from. I'm going to go ahead and take my ladle here over this. I'm going to fill these jars to three quarters of the way full. So I'm not, so basically right underneath that lid. I'm gonna do that to all three very carefully, ensuring that I don't get any of this hot liquid over me or spilling it anywhere. Just like so. I'm gonna set this carrot and pepper here to the side. I'm gonna show you something. I'm gonna bring these back right here. I'm gonna give them a little bit of a shake and a little touch of a tap, super tight. I don't wanna cause like, uh, hot liquid to come flashing out of the top of the jar. I'm just wanting to, all of the air bubbles from here and inside to kind of settle up to the top. Then I'm going to very, very carefully using a ladle, fill these all the way to the top so that there's no more, uh, that the, the vegetable is completely covered underneath that liquid like that. I'm gonna go ahead, make sure that that is tight. I'm gonna shake it. And look at that, right? So I'm gonna leave this out for about an hour. So in the case of my, uh, uh, for using the mason style or ball type jars, there's those little, little uh, button up at the top. I would wait for this to kind of cool down enough for it to suck this, uh, the button down. That just lets it know that one, that it's sealed and it's cooled off a little bit. Once this is uh, between 10, 30 or an hour, just depending on which vegetable that you're doing fits to room temperature. You're gonna wanna toss these into the fridge and then leave those for a minimum of six hours. Although I definitely recommend that you leave them uh, for 24 hours. I think they give such really great flavor. And then you end up with wonderful pickled vegetables like so for your veggies. So real quick, I know, right? You are just dumbfounded by the awesomeness that is the Grumpy Bunny today. I get it, I get it. We're all, we will work through this together. So let's talk about doing pickled watermelon. This is one of my best and most favorite summertime treats. 
I absolutely think that it's a, a glorious, uh, glorious thing. So um, you're, I'm going to use the same mixture that I had here before. It's one and one third cup of vinegar. Uh, I still have the um, water that sets in there. But this time around, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add sugar, which is I'm using one third of a cup. So you can use a sugar substitute if you'd like. If you're using a sugar substitute, make sure that it's a granulated sugar um not necessarily a powder it just for some reason does seem to work better i'm going to go ahead and give that a stir like so i'm going to add my rosemary which is something that i absolutely love like that and then a little bit of lemon juice which was somewhere which is right here just like that I'm going to bring that to a little bit to a boil to let that kind of come to, uh, I guess, like the a boil just like I did before. And for the watermelon, this is fun. You're going to take a melon baller. And if you don't have a melon baller, you can just use a teaspoon or, in this instance, a half tablespoon thing. Okay. And you're just going to take little balls like so. No one saw that. <laughs> I'm going to continue to ball these up. Usually, if you're using about an eighth of a pound or a quarter of a watermelon, that high you, that quarter of a watermelon will be enough to make two one pint jars. Uh, or um, you can make a, even like a quart jar if you're going to do that as well. Uh, but let's just talk about it with the pint jars. So I've made my little balls just like that. I've made sure that this has come to a really good boil. And just like I did with my other vegetables, I'm going to take here a couple pointers that's good to know. If you're going to be taking a little bit of time, like there's a little bit of time in between when you balled your watermelon and when you uh, are making your mixture, go ahead and take that wonderful bowl that you have of your balled watermelon, put that back into the fridge. Uh, you can also alternatively make an ice bath. It's really simple. Take a bread pan or even uh, um, a casserole pan, small layer of ice with a little bit of water, and then set uh, the bowl right on top of that. I would not recommend putting the ice bath if, with the watermelon in the jars themselves and then using it with the hot liquid. Um, that is just a safety thing in regards for me. It is, it is okay to do it that way. I just prefer to keep them separate and then add them. So I have my water boiling here. Everything is all mixed up and it is literally the same as it was before. I'll take my watermelon right here. I'm going to add. That. I have not filled said watermelon, obviously, all the way to the top for purposes of time because we all know that you're here to see my dog elbow and not me. Again, so the difference here, too, is I'm going to leave this out once it's all the way to the top full, you know, packed tightly, all out for at least an hour. And then I'm going to toss this in the free, uh, fridge for at least 24 hours. And then after that's cured for 24 hours, then I'm going to open it. It is good for about one week to two weeks. A little thing about that we're finishing up on the pickling se uh, segment, I'd like to talk about the watermelon rinds if you saw that on your, um, if you downloaded that recipe too. It is super easy to do. The only big difference between this and other pickling dishes is that we're going to uh, kind of shock the watermelon rind by putting that into the boiling liquid. Boil that for about five minutes, 
pull that out, let that strain for a little bit, uh, and then kind of go from there. But it is literally almost as easy as everything else. So we've made radishes, we made quick pickles, we made some watermelon, asparagus, and we've made some awesome carrot and red pepper for all that stuff. Eventually when we decide to host, I'm gonna have all sorts of wonderful things to share and eat because I absolutely love these vegetables. And so with that, I think the moment that we've all been waiting for is here. I believe it is cookies with elbow. Elbow, come here. Hi, how are you? You wanna come over here so everybody can see you? Come here, good boy. Here, you wanna sit? No? Okay. So he's running away for a little bit because you know these uh, child actors, they sometimes don't necessarily like to behave and stuff like that on cue. And that is why we are going to make Elbow's sometimes favorite dog cookies, okay? They, I call them his sometimes favorite dog cookies because sometimes he really likes them and sometimes he really doesn't like them. Uh, and you know, like most things, sometimes he's cooperative and then other times he's not. So the first thing that I'm gonna do with my cookies is I'm gonna preheat this oven to 350 degrees. All right, and I'm gonna get that going. And I'm gonna go and grab, gotta remember to keep my cutting board here. It helps remind me where my space is so you guys can see everything. So I'm gonna take my ingredients right here. Thankfully, I have a cleanup crew, I think, maybe. Right, live. So I'm gonna start here with my bowl. I'm gonna take one banana and one egg. With, with your banana, I highly recommend that you use a banana that has, uh, that's brown. The mushier the banana, the better. Um, you're, there's not a lot of extra liquid that goes into this recipe, so um, it helps. So I have one banana. One of the things about this that I, there is very, well, actually there's no added sugar. Here, come here, you want some banana? Come here, all the way, right here, right there. Sit, sit, paw, yeah! So I'm gonna go ahead and mash the banana up here and take a spoon rather than my hands. This also helps if you have a mushier and a little bit older of a banana to smash said banana mixture. And then you're gonna take a third of a cup of peanut butter. This is very important. You please don't use your regular normal store-bought peanut butter. It contains emulsifiers, extra oils, added salts, sugars, and other things that really aren't very healthy for your dog. It's super easy and it's actually not that much more expensive to get a, well, actually, cause it needs to be refrigerated cause it's different. A jar of peanut butter like so. No, it's literally just peanuts with just a little bit of salt. Uh, and that means that I'm not putting any extra sugar or any kind of dangerous chemicals or stuff like that going into there for my puppy. So again, a dog safe peanut butter, not your Jif, not your peanut pa uh, Peter Pan or anything like that. No sugar added, no extra salts because you know, we don't, we want this to truly be okay for him. And that, you know, it's added sugars as well as other things 
uh, that might be in that peanut butter is not a good thing. So you'll see here, I'm gonna go ahead and mix. I'm mixing each time, because I kind of want this blended as best I can. So I have the peanut butter and the egg in there, or the peanut butter and the banana. And then I'm gonna use the egg. Uh, pro tip that I learned from Martha Stewart, never crack the egg here, that's how you get yolks. You actually, or uh, uh, shells, crack it on the ground, or no, not the ground, but on your counter, and then pull it open like that, and it ensures the fact that for some reason, the egg just stays where it's at, right? So I've taken the egg in here, and then I'm gonna blend again. I don't know if y'all can see that. You guys like my shirt, by the way? Hmm? It looks just like him, right? Spitting image. My, uh, my husband, Chris, actually got this for me. I was uh, elated that uh, you'll, later you'll meet him when he tastes one of Elbow's cookies. All right, so I've got that mixed <laughs> just like that. And I'm going to take honey, which is right here. One tablespoon of honey. You notice on the recipe it said one tablespoon of honey pl uh, plus one teaspoon. I'll show you why in a bit. One tablespoon of honey. And then once I've got that mixed in, then I'm going to go ahead and add my oatmeal, which is a half a cup. Thankfully, two quarters make a half, right? Again, I'm mixing this up. Once I have that mix, I'm going to go ahead and use a gluten-free flour. Um, there might be a typo on the recipe uh, online. You'll, you'll see that it said one and a half cups of baking powder. Don't use a, a baking one and a half cups of baking powder. As a matter of fact, you don't need to use baking powder in this recipe at all. It's, <laughs> you can just uh, use a um, uh, a baking a one to one baking flour. So one and a half cups of that here. Yes, you want more? Well, just wait. Sorry, my, he's looking at me like, cooks, sir, cook. So I'm gonna mix this up here a little bit until I kind of get this blended. And then I'm gonna add my chicken stock. I only wanna add enough chicken stock to give this kind of a nice doughy consistency. Too much, the dough becomes runny, too little, and then they'll, I'll actually, I'm gonna show you what happens when you don't use enough uh, liquid in your dough. And you can start by putting a couple tablespoons in until you kind of get the dough going, go through it, kind of get your hands in here, knead it in, and then at the end, if you still think this might be a little dry, meaning when you're trying to form this into the dough ball, if it keeps crumbling up or you keep coming into the, you know, the mixtures, then you can always just add a little bit more of that chicken stock. Uh, even water if you're not going to try to use that. So as you can see, this is still just a little too dry. So take just a little bit more liquid. And again, too, you will probably use less liquid if you are using a, uh, he loves, he loves a crunchy peanut butter. So I try to use that over the uh, creamy, but if you're using a creamy peanut butter or if you're using a banana that was a little bit more ripe than the one that I was using, then you'll probably have to use less. You just kind of, you know, work with it as it goes. So you'll see here, I've made a dough ball that will hold up, hopefully. 
So I'm going to take the dough ball. I will wrap said dough ball in saran wrap. I'm going to wrap this tight like so. And then I'm going to put it in the fridge to harden for at least an hour. So about one to two hours. I made a dough ball this morning. So, which looks like this. Ooh, it is cold. And see, this morning when I made it, I'm now looking at my dough and it's breaking apart. So that means, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to show you, it's super easy to fix. I'll just put it right back in this mixing bowl. I'm gonna take a little extra water here, pour that in there, and just using a spoon, mixing a little bit more of that liquid to bring the dough to the consistency that I like so that when I roll this dough out, I don't get a wicked mess. which I'm probably going to have because now I have added too much water. If I add too much water at this point, don't panic. Super easy fix. Just take a little bit of the flour that you have. Just add some. Nothing can, nothing is ever actually ruined in cooking. At least I have found out, you know, I mean, unless you're cooking the super fancy stuff and that stuff can be ruined. But for the most part, the stuff that you're baking can be fixed with such quick and simple things or modified to fit whatever needs that you need. Now, my dog doesn't have to eat gluten-free, but I like to eat gluten-free, so he eats gluten-free. But if your dog needs to do something without peanut butter, you can substitute applesauce uh, instead of the peanut butter. You can also substitute the, um, uh, you can substitute applesauce for the egg as well. Um, I can include some recipes a little later on if you'd like. So I've taken the surface here. I've got my dough, I guess, to a semblance of what I would like it to be. I'm going to take lightly flour the surface. I'm going to grab my trusty rolling pin here. I'm going to lightly flour that. And I'm going to roll said dough out. I'm doing a quarter inch uh, roll. Thankfully, my uh, this dough is just not wanting to work with me at all today, isn't it? Ha ha. That's okay, though. So I have a, a rolling pin that has these nifty little things to help me know exactly where I'm going to. Thankfully, he's a dog, so all he cares about is the fact that he gets to eat it. He doesn't really care about how it looks. So once I've rolled this dough out, like so, I'm going to take your cookie cutter, however you'd like. We're using llamas. And I'm going to cut said llamas out. And I'm going to put these llamas on to a baking sheet that has some uh, parchment paper that's stuck onto it. I am failing you on your cookies today, sir. Thankfully, the one I have in, uh, in the oven cooking right now will be perfectly fine. So um, as you know, whenever you reach your dough point, when you're making your uh, cookies and you want to redo it, uh, reform that to use the rest of the dough, all you got to do is kind of just press that dough together, roll that out, cut it out, and then we put it on our cheat. Now, before we're done, and before we're gonna throw it into the oven, 
I'm going to take that one tablespoon of honey or teaspoon of honey. And just the tiniest amount of water. Literally just something like so. I'm going to give this a mix here. And I'm going to give these a light wash. Giving just a little bit of moisture on the top. Ta-da! So, just like that. Llamas. And then I'm going to toss them in the oven. Depending on the size of the cookie that you make or uh, the thickness of the cookie, they should bake between 10 and 14 minutes. Uh, they will get a little bit brown uh, on kind of get this light kind of glossy flavor uh, topping on the top with lightly brown um, on the bottom. And they're done. When they're done, they will look like this. And see, my other ones look way better than this dough. <laughs> So we've got llamas and bones and little fire hydrants. And if you have the kind of connoisseur of a dog that requires icing, don't fret. There's a simple solution for that. Take some cornstarch. Okay. A couple spoonfuls will do. The smidgen of honey. And enough water to give you the consistency that you want for icing. It'll look a lot softer than it really is. And like so. Give that a stir a little. You know, this, and you know, cornstarch icing is the weirdest thing. I urge you to go home and make it and then play with it. It, it, it it will inspire you or creep you out, one of the two. So you take your things like so, and then you just very lightly drizzle over the top. Sometimes what I'll do ahead of time is because I don't want to make a mess like that, I will take and make a border set of the icing so that I can fill the cookie like this and kind of shake it around a little. And kind of make a nice little thing. They're not the prettiest thing sometimes, but they have been prettier. But the bright side is, is that my dog, come here. Right there. He's like, no, right here, come on. Okay. okay. He loves them, I promise. All right. So I'm going to grab him so that he can say goodbye one more time. You want to come here for me? Come here. Oh, come here. Okay. And show you Elbow's favorite, sometimes favorite. You want this one? No. See, he does like them this time. This is his favorite cookie. Elbow, speak, speak. Woof, woof, woof again, woof, woof, woof. Okay, he's done. But thank you so much for taking the time to watch this show this week. I really hope you enjoyed it. Again, you know, we are a brand new podcast, so we're learning as I go. So I appreciate all of your feedback, your constructive criticism, and your uh compliments were such a wonderful help last week. If you have any questions or comments or anything like that after the show, I'm going to flip uh, the camera around so that I can answer some of those. Uh, if you want to grab some of the other recipes that we talked about today, remember that you just have to go to ilogicmedia.com where you'll be able to find all of my recipes, watch my past shows, 
if you want. But the better thing that you can do is kind of watch all of the other shows that iLogic Media has to offer. We're not just doing a simple cooking show and they have just so many great things. And the other creative uh, content creators that they have are absolutely stunning. So please, please go to iLogic, check out their other stuff. Also, make sure if you want, follow me on uh on, uh, on Twitter at Grumpy Bunny Show, and me, or you can follow me on Facebook at The Grumpy Bunny. Once again, I am so honored to have you all for watching my show today. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you, fifteen bean soup. I was going to talk about the fifteen bean soup, but things were running a little bit long, so I've put that recipe. It's going to be up on the site. It'll either be later tonight or uh, tomorrow and you can grab my favorite recipe. It is super duper easy. I've added some additional ingredients if you're trying to make it vegetarian. It is not as dramatic or traumatic as you might think, okay? And the next episode, we're gonna be doing meatballs two ways. I'm gonna make my uh, pork and beef meatballs, but I'm also gonna make my same recipe using a couple different kind of meatless ways. And then I'm gonna show you a really simple way to make an awesome roasted vegetable with uh, radicchio. All right. Thank you so much for uh, watching my show and I will see you next time. All right. So like I said, we're going to watch our show. My apron just fell off and I'm going to flip this around and let's see if anybody has any questions. All right, everybody. Anybody have any questions? Comments, concerns? Thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate it. Let's see. Let's go back up here. Da, 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 yay for cooking. No one has questions? No one? Not a single one? Mr. Derek, it's your producer, John. How are you? Yes. Ha. I have done Richard. You, you, you do have a between, question. So the difference between a hot brine, uh, um, you can cool and you can always cool the brine. I kind of like using that hot brine, especially with the cold vegetable, has a tendency to make for a crispier uh, vegetable. It also uh, will pickle a lot quicker. If you're using something like um, the watermelon rind, it, or if you want to use, um, sometimes if you're doing like a shaved thing, so like I'm gonna do like, a, if they're making like an Italian style pickle, so like with the cauliflower, the carrots, the onions or whatever, then I'll do a cold brine because then I'm gonna want it to sit for 48 hours to kind of get the flavors infused to the chili peppers. You can use either one. I've just always done it with the hot brine. Hey, Derek, Sarah wanted to know um, about uh, looking xylitol. for a peanut butter without xylitol. Yeah, you know, that's where I was talking about using an all-natural 100% peanut butter. Any local grocery store, your Kroger, your Meyer, or others like that will carry that. You just want to make sure that the only ingredient that comes into your peanut butter are peanuts and salt. I try to stay away from any uh, company that uses any vegetable oils or anything added into it. The one that I use today actually doesn't even have any added salt or added sugar. Its only ingredient is peanuts. That's the one that I really like because I like I said, I like to make sure, but I cannot stress with you enough that you have to use a dog friendly peanut butter. You know, things like, you know, and you just, yeah, I can't, I can't stress that enough. 
So the pickles should keep in the fridge, depending on the thickness, for about two to three weeks, sometimes up to a month. Just kind of depends on the freshness of your vegetable. So, so spring and summer, when you're grabbing these vegetables from the farmer stand and they're like super duper fresh, like, you know, pick maybe the day before, or even better, they're coming straight from your garden. The coolest thing is, is those will last a lot longer than the ones, let's say, that you're grabbing from the grocery store or another vegetable that you're trying to pickle that's off season. Elbo wants another cookie. <laughs> Elbo, you want a cookie? There, that's from your grandma. So what else do you... Any other questions? I think that was it, my friend. Awesome. Well, we thank have, you very we much. We have learned. Thank you very much again for everyone who stayed to answer questions and stuff. I hope that you take this opportunity to make some other things like that. And again, I take everybody... I, uh, you know, having you guys watch my show is honestly the highlight of my week. So thank you very, very much. We'll talk to you all later.